0: To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk Podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Talk, said bean. You talk said bean? Yes, hello my beautiful beanies and welcome to the Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I'm Lindsay Beat. We're looking back at Wednesday. And could the Commonwealth Games be coming back to New Zealand? Exciting Um In about a million years time, I think, is when they're talking about it, but anyway. Uh, some, well, speaking of exciting, tax talk at the end of the podcast. I mean, if that doesn't keep you listening, I don't know what will. Somewhere in between there, uh, we'll try and figure out if Nationals figured out farming for us. And, and, and they're going to get farming back on track, should we vote them in later on in the year? Uh, but before any of that, uh, childcare costs uh, still prohibitive uh, for some people. Uh, Some people get them all paid for, some people can afford them, some people, well it's just not worth going back to work.
2: My daughter's just discussing that at the moment. She's a theatre nurse in the Wairapa Mm. and she's got uh, four and a half months so she's also got a two, or well, a three-year-old, and then a five-year-old who's just about to go to school. Yep. Um, but the cost of childcare is just her wage, basically. When she goes back um, part-time, she's going to do three days, I think, and it's just going to wipe all her wage out.
0: Mm, and absorbs so a lot, almost, done, doesn't it?
2: Which is a shame mm. because I mean, we really need those people in the theatre, the nurses. Mm. Um, my youngest daughter is also got a baby on the way and she's a surgical nurse at the same hospital which is uncanny yeah. Um, but yeah so she's thinking oh how long can I actually you know six months maternity leave mm. she's got to be her way or you know her wage will go in childcare so. and,
0: and incredibly hard for um, for your daughter who's who's a, um, a nurse Michelle and um, you know for Anna she's got experience in, in marketing that is a job that can be done at home for um situations like your daughter and and others, they can't do their job from home so it makes it doubly difficult doesn't it Guys, 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 guys how many times do I have to tell you?
1: Seriously the, the answer is so simple, never ever ever, ever, ever never ever have children so many problems can be solved, with that one simple step I don't know why this isn't getting through. News Talk, Zed Bean. Right, try, time to get into the topic that really had everybody fizzing yesterday. The hot prospect that we could host the Commonwealth Games in 2034. I mean, how exciting would that be? Right,
3: everyone? Still got to build the Elkland Harbour Crossing, still got to build the Auckland Light Rail, still got to get Let's Wit Wellington moving in the Christchurch Stadium and so on. We haven't got the construction capacity for it. I would say our, our schedule's a little tight by the looks of things. Honestly, I've been thinking about this since the announcement. I cannot see the upside in hosting those these games. We don't need the tourism promotion. We are already a global tourism destination. I'm not that convinced we're going to get that much money from the crowds because actually not that many people really travel for the, the Com games nowadays. And so the only upside that I can come to is that there's a feel-good factor in this, which is nice. I mean, that's a nice thing, you know. For, for, we'll be on a buzz for the 10 days of the game and then maybe a couple of weeks thereafter while we still talk about how great the party was. But remember that, after that, we're still going to be left with a bill from a party that no one else wanted to host.
1: Oh, downer. <laughs> surely, surely here is the only one who hates on the Commonwealth Games, right? I bet Marcus absolutely loves it and If we
0: look at the com Games in New Zealand Of course there were the ones that we had in Auckland That was a long time ago, that was in the 50s Then we had the ones in Christchurch In the 70s And they were extraordinary I think that was New Zealand's finest moment I'm not quite sure if that was because I was young Then Or because they were very very good I suspect because they were very very good And then in 1990 or something like that We had them at uh, Mount Smart And I always thought they were a bit dismal. I don't think Auckland was very good at it. Not quite sure why. I guess because the city's a bit spread out and a bit kind of bitsy. So look, I'm all in favour of it, although I don't like them. But I think if we can get a chance, it's got to get, we've got to do it. We've got to get Christchurch, it's got to be the centre of it. This flying people around is, is ridiculous, crazy. If we do the com games, we don't want to bob each way, it wants to be based in Christchurch and just there. Maybe do the cycling in Timaru or do something in Hamner. I don't know. But Christchurch, Christchurch, Christchurch. Christchurch is a seat at the moment that really is going places. It's got the accommodation. It's got things. It's functioning. I don't think you have an Auckland, because the mayor does nothing but grizzle, and I don't think the people of Auckland – rightly or wrongly, could cope with the disruption and the building. Because they're going on and on about this inner city rail loop, which is a great thing and should have been done years ago. But I just think that the Aucklanders' appetite for something that could be quite good fun but requires some disruption and some building, they're not there yet. So, look, I think do it and just make it South Island-based. Christchurch with a bit of Dunedin. Do something at Forsyth Bar, not quite sure what. Maybe track and field. Maybe put a big bond in there and have people swimming. You have Daniel Low to have the flag at the opening ceremony. Or the torch. I'm up for a torch relay. I think it's a very, very good idea. So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang he, on. He doesn't like the Commonwealth
1: Games, but he wants them. What's going on there? Uh, I can't understand why he's missed the obvious option. Hamilton City of the Future come on 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break Speaking of getting out and about around the country, uh, Christopher Luxon, uh, he's been talking to farmers everywhere and he's got it all sorted out.
3: But how many young people are able to afford farms these days? It's always been tough, but in this day and age, I'd have thought it's nigh on impossible. And if you have been farming all your life and you and your wife or husband want to cash in, finally, shouldn't you be able to sell to whomever you want? When you sell the farm, that's when you finally get the result of your hard work, when you get a return on those early mornings and late nights. So shouldn't you be able to sell to the highest bidder? How on earth are they going to make it so that only New Zealanders will be able to buy? Only foreign investors can buy if they keep it in dairy or beef or grow crops? Is there going to be a fund of money available for wannabe farmers to tap into to be able to buy these farms? How is that going to actually work? I'd be really interested to get your viewpoint on this. You're the farmers, yours are the votes that National wants. These are the policies they're rolling out, they say, in response to what farmers are telling them. So, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, When it comes to the two-for-one legislation, I must admit I'm with Andrew Hoggard from Federated Farmers when it comes to that. Don't try and be too clever. Too snazzy. If there's a dumb rule and regulation there, and by God, there's a few, get rid of them. No need for catchy slogans, just sensible fixes to make it easier for farmers to do what they have always done, and that is save the economy.
1: Forget young people being able to afford farms. Uh, how would you even get them to go anywhere near one? I can't even get my young person to come out of their bedroom. Uh, let's work on that first. News Talk, Zed Bean. Right, we're going to uh, finish up here. I know this is the moment you've been waiting for because what could possibly be more exciting than talking about
4: tax? How many times in recent decades have you heard the call for a better and fairer tax system? How many times have we heard government saying that the tax system needs to be looked at? Well, I've got some good news for those at the upper end of income earning who made them wondering when the tax axe was about to fall, forcing them to hemorrhage more. It turns out our tax system is pretty fair and equitable after all. A new study completed for tax consultancy firm Oliver Shaw concludes that the wealthy in New Zealand pay the most of the tax collected. Oliver Shaw is headed by the former Deputy Commissioner at IRD, Robin Oliver. Oliver says that the higher their income, the more they pay. Those paying lower incomes end up paying less tax because of the various tax credits and other payments they're eligible to receive. One of the key highlights of the study is that the highest income earners are often in a better position to minimize their tax through investment in tax-friendly assets. When Prime Minister Chris Hipkins took over the role as Prime Minister, he said we should look at ways to make the tax system fairer. According to this study, that's not required. The Revenue Minister David Parker made similar overtures about a year ago, claiming that data on the level of tax paid by wealthy people would be key to any future political debate on tax reform. And by the way, as far as I know, there are no plans for tax reform before the election. The big concern I have is that this Government is spending money as if it grows on trees, but their expenditure is now too high compared to the taxation system we currently use. The outcome of the study may be reassuring for those with salubrious incomes, but it still leaves one big question unanswered. Where do we go to get the money required to lift New Zealand out of the quagmire? Even though the outcome of the study is quite clear, do you really trust any government not to tinker with the taxation dials once the election is won?
1: You know, actually, on reflection, that discussion about tax there was not quite as enthralling as perhaps I built it up to be. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just not my thing. Hey, I am Glenn ZB. Thank you for making News Talk ZB your thing, and we'll do our thing again tomorrow. See you then. News Talk. News Talk. ZB. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.
3: If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin and my good friend, Louise Airy.